five, four, three, two, one. Good morning. Good morning. You're looking very pink, my lady. I am very pink. Pink, pink, pink. Did you notice that picture in the frame? It's a lion. I know. I had seen it yesterday. I saw it in the, the morning's uh, devotional. The lion of the tribe of Judah. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Guys, it is Tuesday night for us. Wednesday morning for you guys. You guys know what that means, right? Bible study tonight at House of Rest Church, Modesto. We will be there. The doors are open if you're local. And if you're not, we're going to be streaming online. Yeah. We finished Identity. Yeah. And... Because we do take a break on Christmas week, I don't want to get into a study that's going to, going to overlap to the new year. So I'm, I'm not sure what on my drive home, I'm going to figure out what I want to study for the next weeks. That way it finishes when we take like a holiday break. We should do break. a Q&A. I don't we know. We haven't done a Q&A in a while. Yeah. But I mean, I still got to do something that's going to... I don't want to. I don't want to overlap and then not because I think we cancel Christmas and then New Year's. Yeah, but it would be good to do a two Q and A's. You know, regarding all of these identity would be nice. Mm -hmm. I, I isn't it three people, more? No, it's actually two, right? Isn't it? I don't know. I thought it was three. I haven't looked at a calendar to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah well, we'll figure it but out. But either way, guys, it's going to be Bible study. Um, we have a meeting Wednesday morning, which is Wednesday for you guys, uh, with the group of pastors in the Reno area, along with Pastor Rick, who's a part of Grace International. He's going to introduce me to about 12 local pastors. And um, as soon as the meeting is over, we're going to make our way straight to Modesto. Uh, I need to get there a little early because, you know, as you know, we had some issues with the sound on um, Sunday. And I need that sound to live stream the Bible study. So um, <clears throat> I want to get there as soon as possible so I can start to dissect and figure out what went wrong with the sound system. Worst case scenario, we still have our old mixing board to put in temporarily until we figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. we need to see if we have um, the warranty for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that tonight, actually. Yeah. I was going to do that. If it's, if it's the mixing board, which I have a feeling it is. You know, so, um, but yeah, man. Um, I was looking at our calendar. It's so funny. Look at our calendar, everything on our calendar, all kinds of stuff. You know, every time I look at it and I see all kinds of writing and I'm like, this is what our calendar always looks like. And that's not even half of it. There's always, it's so much more to our calendar. That we don't you know, put in it. That we don't put in it. Our days are completely full of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But that's, that's our life. Yep. Yeah. That's life. Um, oh, for those of you that followed the link to pre-order the book through the website, um, one one brother, uh, brother Robert, let me know that the button wasn't working, and it's been up for like twenty four hours. So maybe some of you had issues and didn't even let me know, but I did fix it. So if you want a signed paperback, you can go to the website www.houseofrestchurch.com or just go to Amazon. Anyways. Um, other than that, anything else? Um, I do want to remind you guys that our youth, um, our first youth, uh, 
our youth study and young adults and young adults is this uh wednesday which is it's tonight tonight yeah they're starting for the first time at seven o'clock so bring your youth while you come join us for bible study yeah um we're really really excited to have our first youth and young adults there at um house arrest and um also our um practice for the choir for uh, the children and for the adults is on Sunday immediately following um, service. Yeah. So guys, we look forward to that mm -hmm. and I hope that you guys can definitely join us. Another thing, there's been a few people that have asked us if spiritual journey, um, if there is an online or if there can be um, some type of one-on-one -on -one or online classes for the spiritual journey. Um, I will address this now because I think it's important for us to address it because we've had this um, asked before in the past when Sister um, Lydia would give the spiritual journey in the past. And I unfortunately will say that, no, we will not be offering one-on-one um, -on -one or we will not be doing uh, the spiritual journey online. Unfortunately, um, it is not a class that can be done um, through online. And I'll let David um, give his two cents on this as well, because, you know, um, I remember that when, uh, when Pastor Lydia had tried, um, when she was doing this, uh, the spiritual journey, there had been a few people that had requested one-on-one. Um, -on -one. And um, unfortunately, it's not something that um, somebody can stretch themselves, one person, one facilitator that can stretch themselves to do um, this type of class one-on-one -on -one with someone, as well as doing something online. Um, I'll let David express a little bit more on that. Well, you know, for instance, there's a couple of reasons why. One of them is Sister Lydia herself, who's been teaching it for a couple of decades, says that it's too much, even for her that knows this stuff for years and years and years, it's too draining to do one-on-one. -on -one. And the reason I said online would be impossible, right, is because of this, is because it's such an in-depth and private class. They literally tell the women there, you cannot share this with anybody outside of this group. If you do that, you're out of this group. Yeah, it's confidential. It's very, very confidential. And which that leads me because I do have experience in Zoom classes, right? And it would be impossible to get seven, eight, nine, twelve women on a Zoom where, where they're in a living room, a bedroom, whatever, and their husband, their sister, their kids are going to be walking back and forth, hearing the privacy of the other women that are sharing. Yeah, and let alone, even if it is just one person, they're still, um, they're still not known what privacy is given um, to, or vice versa, the people that are on well, no, online. Well, well, I'm not even talking about one-on-one, because one-on-one, first of all, is too much. Even Sister Lydia said... Yeah. She goes, I can't even do that. Yeah, and I've been doing this for decades. Yeah. So, but a group and to do it online, unfortunately, I know a lot of women saw the, the women that graduated or, or accomplished or finished that succeeded the two years. And they're like, man, I want to be a part of this. Unfortunately, we're not at a point to facilitate that right now. Yeah. I don't think personally that you can get a group on Zoom 
where every person will be um, uninterrupted and in a private place. That's that's too hard because people are usually on a Zoom. They're at home. And what do they do? Tell the people in the house to leave the house? It's not going to happen. You know, and there's too many interruptions. Somebody's ringing the doorbell. The dishwasher's going off. And I mean, just different things are happening. And... Um, and for that reason, um, at this time, we will not be in, in any way, house arrest will not in any way be facilitating or will not be offering a spiritual journey or we'll be asking that um, any of our coordinators or facilitators or anybody um, be opening it up to online at this yeah, time. That wouldn't be fair to them. Yeah, it, it really wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I hope that um, those that are online, I hope that you do understand, um, you know, our our reasoning for for this decision. Um, and um, I think that's that's all I did want to share. Okay. You know, so it was. It's just hard to get. You know, to to write people back and to. I figured I might as well just address it here. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Um, that was it. We wanted to get into the scripture here, Second uh, Peter, chapter two, verse twenty-two. All right, let's do it. Um, let's go ahead and read it. Second Peter two twenty-two says, "But it has, but it has happened to them according to the true proverb: a dog returns to his own vomit." And a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Okay, David reads out of the New King James, and I'll be reading out of um, the message. And it says, A dog goes back to its own vomit, and a scrubbed up pig heads for the mud. <laughs> wow. So you wash a pig, as soon as it's all washed, it goes right back to its own mud. Yeah. And a dog goes back to its own vomit. You know, it's kind of a harsh verse, kind of gross, really, if you think about it, you know, but it's in the Bible. Your thing's not even plugged in. Oh. <laughs> so I've been talking without it. I'm sure mine picks you up. But... Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that Peter wrote this or Peter said this because most of the time when we say things, it's out of our own experience. You know, how many of us, we, we learn our lessons from our own mistakes? Yeah. And, yeah, and I was thinking about what made Peter say this. He used an old proverb, a dog goes back to its own vomit, and a clean pig goes back to its mud. You know? And I'm just like, after I really started think, thinking about it, I said, you know what? Peter was talking out of experience. Yeah, from his own experience. You know, Peter is the one that was stubborn. Mm -hmm. He's the one that deny Jesus three times three times yeah Bible says that after the third time he he ran off crying matter of fact it said the word he wept wept is not just a little alligator tear weeping is anguish yeah. because he denied his Lord not once not twice but three times you know and it's like What's interesting, right, is, is I never thought of this, I've preached on this, but never thought of this in this perspective, is that once Jesus resurrects, so he, Jesus goes through the crucifixion, goes to the burial, resurrects, and he's walking along the beach, 
and he sees Peter and the disciples. It's interesting, right? Because if you knew the story of Peter, he let his boats go. He let his career, he let everything, his security go to follow Jesus. And he goes back to his boats. Not only did he go back to his boats, but he brought the disciples back with him. He was a dog that went back to its own vomit. It's interesting that Peter, Peter's the one that was qualified to say that verse. Yeah. Because Peter was like, guys, I'm speaking out of my experience. I'm speaking this out of my pain. I'm speaking this out of my testimony. I have went back to my vomit. Not only that, but I, but I pulled people with me. Yeah. And how many times, how many times, um, and I say this out of experience too, how many times as battered women, as women, you know, from abuse and everything, a lot of the times we go back to the abuser. We go back to the ones who yeah. have hurt us and have caused us pain and everything, you know. And I actually think it was your fault. Exactly. We go back to the same pain and the same hurt. We make up and we'll be like, oh, he'll never do it again. You know, and, and you know, it, it was my fault. You know, I did something wrong. You know, we, we feel like we're, it was, it, we're the ones to blame. Yeah. And it only turns out to be yeah. worse. You know, most guys in prison were there after multiple, multiple arrests. Yeah. But when they're locked up, when they are there, they're like, man, why did I do that? Why did I mess up? I'm going to straighten my life. I'm going to just change my life. I'm going to I'm gonna get legit work or whatever it is that they were doing or whatever they caught, caught for. They're like, man, I'm not going to do that anymore. But they get out and then they start searching their old friends. And before you know it, they go back to their own vomit. But see, the thing is, is that they get out and they really try, though. They do. They do. Because they do. I, I truly believe that. They do. As, as a woman, I really tried, though, David. I tried hard. I tried hard to stay away. I tried hard. I would, I would look for really good jobs and I would try really, really hard. But it's like things would pile up and everything. And then I'd find myself in need. And I find myself like, oh, my God, you know, like if, if I felt like my kids were going hungry or whatever, and I found myself in a situation like like my check was running out or something, and I'd find myself needing having to be back in the street again or something like that. And I'd be like, remember that one time we were watching that movie of the young girl? Of I think it was a show called Maids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we kept seeing On her. On Netflix? She, yes, and we kept seeing her, and she kept finding yourself having to run back and go back and go back because it is true. Sometimes when somebody finds themselves in a situation where they don't have a choice and that's how I would find myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, it's either my kids eat tonight or they don't eat. And I, and I felt like I didn't have a choice anymore. Yeah, I didn't. And I would go back because my kids had to eat. And I'd go and I'd put up with that, the, the shame and the guilt again. And I'd be like, but my kids have to eat. If it means that I'm going to have to take a hit again, there I go. Yeah. You know, and I do it all over again. You know, and I know many of you have heard this before. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. Yeah. That's insanity. You know, and, and for whatever reason, when Peter did that and he denied Jesus three times, 
and he went back. And here's the beautiful thing of that story, right? It, Jesus could have left Peter where Peter was, but Jesus sought him out. And right then and there, Peter realized he was wrong. He jumped off the boat, swam to Jesus, and Jesus brought him healing. Jesus brought restoration. So the moral of the story is there's only one that can heal this. There's only one that can fix this, and that's Christ. You know, and, and, and I know that sounds cliche. It's like, what does that mean then? Does that mean going to church more? Does that mean you have to go to the wilderness of your own spirit, your own mind, your own heart, and, and cut the noise out of the world, man. And you got to seek God. Truly seek Him and, and, and allow the, the Word of God to become a true mirror of, of you. Because a lot of times we don't really see ourselves. We truly don't. And when people try to share with you, we don't receive it, or we don't agree with it, or we get offended, or we let it go in one ear and out the other. You know, I mean, for instance, I'll use myself, man. There's, I'm not perfect. There's things about me that I think I was, I was very rough. You know, I don't know if it was from incarceration or from just the past that Sharon would be like, you know, you keep doing this. You do this, you do this. And and after hearing it, uh, you know, a thousand times, <laughs> I start to say, is there something to that? You know, because why does she keep saying that? Maybe I do need to search within myself. Maybe I do do that. And I do it so naturally that I didn't realize I'm doing it. Because a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, I don't ever in, be intentionally do things to hurt my wife's feelings or to make her feel small or anything like that. That is never my intention. But what if something is so ingrained that I don't even realize it? So she shares it with me and shares it with me until finally I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to rethink this. Maybe there is something to this. You know, so a lot of times, maybe some of you listening, maybe you heard, you know, you heard, you heard the same things over and over and over from various many people. And maybe it's time to finally reflect. Maybe it's time to really search. Maybe it's time, you know, for Jesus to show up on the shores of your heart to bring healing to you. You know, Peter was restored. Yeah. Peter went back like a dog to his own vomit, like a cleaned pig back to the pig pen. But it doesn't have to end there. It, that doesn't have to dictate that that's the rest of your life, that that's who you are. It doesn't have to be. You know, and, and, and thank God that God has new mercies for us every day because Jesus didn't have to show up there that day on the beach. Yeah. And maybe you're on the other end where, you know, like how David just explained how um, maybe it took some time for him to realize. And, you know, trust me, as many times, you know, on the other end, you know, a person can could either get tired of, of trying to make that person realize and, and want to throw in the towel and and just walk away because trust me it could become tiring 
you know, it, it, it does. It becomes tiring and, and a person can want to just give up sometimes and just say like, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired of trying to get to get this person to realize or something because there is um, marriages that suffer that a lot of the times and uh, a person will give up. But the thing is, is that we must not give up, you know. Um, there's been so many times, guys, trust me, there's been times where, you know, I'm just like, you know, this is hard, you know. Um, not just my marriage, but I mean, in, in just in life, there's times where I just want to give up and just be like, okay, I'm done, you know. Um, I, I, I'm i done dealing with family members, or I'm done dealing with this person, or I'm done dealing with that, or, and, and just, you know, and, and just turn my back on certain things. And But the thing is, is that you don't, you don't give up on that person. You don't give up on your family members, or you don't give up on certain things in your marriage. You don't give up on conversations. You put your best foot forward and you don't throw in the towel on those things the you you gotta you gotta stand strong um and a lot of the times we you know we we tend to fold so easy and especially when it comes to some of the things and the things of god we mm -hmm. give up so easy in in christianity in our walk and we got to learn to stand strong um, and, and not give up that easy. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I think we were talking about that earlier today when we were driving, we were having a conversation. It's crazy because we, <laughs> we, we, you know, we were out just kind of taking a drive down the road and just looking for some of these, um, wild horses today, you know, and, um, and, and it, just the fact that we didn't give up in looking for wild horses it was crazy because we didn't give up in looking for wild horses he's like i'm gonna go a little bit further and he went a little bit further and there they were the wild horses and then we went a little bit further and we found this one one beautiful wild horse and she was so beautiful it was a she and i i was able to take some beautiful beautiful pictures of this mm -hmm. one beautiful wild horse and just and under a tree just chilling. just one beautiful horse she was white a white horse and i'm gonna have him put this picture of her up and she it was just and it was such a beautiful picture that i believe that i i really want him to paint this picture um because it, it was just like it was the most perfect picture of this horse. With the sun setting right behind yeah, it. Yeah, with the sun, like the sun, a barely, the barely breaking in. And it was just like, wow, Lord. It was almost like if the Lord allowed us to see this one horse by itself under this beautiful, like, withering tree. And it was just God showing us his beautiful nature, nurturing this one horse and I think she was pregnant. She had one, her big tummy and by herself. And it just showed us that regardless of being out there by itself, even the Lord will take care of this one tr horse that was by itself. Mm -hmm. And that horse didn't give up. And it just, it just said so much. And that's what we talked about. We talked about not giving up. Yeah. And that's how we have to be, guys. We have to have the thick skin, grow thick skin, and endure, endure through it. You know, persevere. The same way Joseph persevered through it all and still praised him through 
through the hardships and through all of everything that he went through, all the persecution that he went through, he persevered through it and he went through it and got through it, you know, so we got to be the same way. There's a, um, a story Sharon has shared before, but we've never talked about it from a different perspective. Um, I remember she she shared it here and with me and other people that she had um, approached her pastor's wife back in the day and said, I want to put this group together of of the youth. and, oh, and Of moms, for young moms. Where she turned you down? Yeah. You we're talking about the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pastor's wife basically turned you down, turned you turned her down because said, "Yeah, we've already tried that already." Yeah. And every time Sharon has shared that, she shared it from her perspective because she's like, because she tells him, "Well, I haven't done it though," you know. And um, but on the flip side, on mini- on the ministry side, a lot of times, guys, you know how many times I've been approached, "Hey, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to do the youth," or "Yeah, I'll do the kids," or "I'll do the Bible study at my house." Or I'll do this, and every time, it never gets fulfilled. It falls apart. So, to be on the, on the other side, I also understand the pastor's wife telling you, I've already done that. Because a lot of times we don't realize in ministry, everybody, you need, you cannot have a church without helping hands. It's impossible. Yeah. You know, it's impossible. And you see the need for the youth and you see the need for the toddlers. You see the need for the children. You see the need for the single men. You see the need for the married men. You see the need for the single women. You see all of these needs. You see them. You see You see that you can't stretch yourself thin. You're like, Lord, send me people. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And then when somebody comes up and you're like, yes, Lord, thank you. And you give them that chance and you let them and then they... they they, f- they don't follow through. Yeah, maybe a month, maybe two, maybe three, but eventually it falls apart. And that happens over and over and over and over. So then when somebody finally does come up and say, hey, I want to do this ministry. You're like, been there and already done that. You know, and, and that's a sad place and a hard place to be at from both sides. Yeah, it is. You know, so you guys, Jesus said, let your yes be yes. And Let no. your no be a no. Jesus also said, nobody thinks to build something, looks at the plans without realizing, okay, am I able to fulfill this or not? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And unfortunately, it's real easy to be like, pastor, I want to do this. Pastor, I want to do that. And then just walk away from it. And now we're stuck. You know, at the same time, we have to be open to allow these things because we need the help because the workers are, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. And man, it just causes this hardship, man. It really does, you know? And, you know, I don't know, you know. I, I, I guess, you know, it, it, it kind of leaves us open for a lot of criticism from, from the outward looking in because people say, well, you know, why aren't you guys doing more of this and doing more of that and doing more of this, you know, and and I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're right. I would love to do so much more of this and so much more of that and so much more of everything. Um, I would love that. It it would be wonderful to do so much more of everything. Um, It it would be amazing to do that. Mm. But once we, once we fulfill um, the committed hearts. Once we have the the commitments, I think it would be 
amazing. You know, um, yeah. as simple as, as getting people committed even to a simple choir practice, you know, simple, the simple things, if, you know, mm. the simple things, if people can commit to the simple things and, you know, hey, you know, it's like even to even the simple things, let your yeses be yes and your noes be no, like like David says, you know, and I think those things are important. You know, I, I, I know people think that, you know, um, you know, there, there's there's even the, the, the simple things as coming to to do like the the little decorating or this or that, you know, those things take a lot of work, you know, um, you know, fixing up a church or even decorating. Yeah, or, it means a lot when people help. Yeah, it means you know, a lot. Yeah, it, it really does. And and I love when people come together and they, they, mm -hmm. they do these things. It's important because there's a lot to do with an upkeep of, of a church facility. And um, I love when everybody comes together and we do that. So, yeah, yeah I you yeah. know, it, it takes a village, guys. It takes, you know, a whole community to come together to do these things. And, and I, you know, and I pray and I hope that, you know, it continues to be like that because this is what we are. We're a community. We're a village. You know, we're a kingdom family. Yeah, I, I um, you know, back in the day, well, uh, few years ago with House of Rest, I had a very, very successful once a month men's breakfast, right? And man, you know, sometimes we would have 12, 13, 15 different churches, people from different different churches coming. We had and, the women too. Yeah. And, and it was a huge, I always had a guest speaker, you know, but what people don't know is, um, you know, the, the brother that would help me do the pancakes, like, it was like clockwork. I'd be getting up super early, driving, rushing to Modesto. I'd have the pancake mix. I had all this stuff in my car, trying to get it over. He wouldn't answer his phone because he forgot to turn a ringer on. Every, it was every month, every month. You know, so it's like, finally, finally, I'm pulling up there. I'm panicking, freaking out. And then he would get there and kind of saunter in, you know, heck it laid. And I'm just stressed out. You know, and, and nobody was helping me set up. I'm setting things up by myself, and he'd show up, and, you know, pancakes would be laid, and, and all the, everything would be laid. And, and then after, brothers would leave, and hardly anybody was like, hey, pastor, you need me to help you clean? I just got burnt out. You know, so it's real easy when brothers approach me and say, hey, man, how come we don't do men's breakfast again? And, 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 and I guarantee if I say, well, nobody would help me, you know, do this and that, they'll be, I'll help you. You know what's going to happen? I will commit to doing it. And they'll do it maybe two or three times. And that's it. That's why I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. You know, um, because I know. I already know. You know, and unfortunately in this day and age, commitment is, is a lost word. <laughs> you know, it's a lost word. It is what it is, you know. And it's like, so we need to make sure, guys, when we commit to something that we do it, we need to make sure we don't leave and go back to our own vomit, you know? And if you do, if that is you, you need to, to allow the Lord to bring healing to you. You know, Peter was, was, it's messed up, man, that Peter, not only did he go back, he took the other disciples with him, you know? And, and fortunately, misery loves company. Misery loves company, you know. Uh, I've seen that happen in the past where a brother or sister fall away. And next thing you know, the ones they hung around in church, they stop coming 
And they start, because they just start pulling people away. And it's just crazy. I know we're talking about different subjects, you know, but um, to me, it's kind of, it, it, it all like interlaces with each other, you know? And, you know, um, I think that's selfish. Yeah. Yeah, that's selfish too. Because I, I, you know, I really believe that that's, you know, that's not thinking about other salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's and it's selfish because, you know, it's not caring about other people's salvation. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a that's actually a dangerous place to be because, you know, their blood is on your hands. Yeah. You know, that's that's accountability. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. You know, because we're supposed to be we're being held accountable for our brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know? We really are. You know, and I, I think that's 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 a big deal. Yeah. You know, and I, I think part of that is, is like just how how excited and proud we were. You know, we, we were talking with Tony Michelle Paleo of, of Phoenix and, and just them persevering and pushing through. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy. You know, it's not mm -hmm. easy. You know, even going to the church in Yarrington, and it's very small, you know, uh, it's, it's a very small congregation, you know, mm -hmm. and just to go and be in an encouragement. And, and I remember we're sitting in, in across the breakfast table and I said, man, I know I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have 12 people show up for service. I know what it's like to have, you know, 15 people show up for service, you know, and you preach your heart out. You preach as if there's a thousand people because those people matter, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, it. it um it's a humble church, you know, but beautiful people, you know, but it just, that's the second time I've been there and eat, and both times reminds me of where House of Rest started at, you know, and I'm not saying we're super big now, but I mean, we're more than, than 12, you know, 15 people, but I remember, I remember those Sundays when a full, when, when everybody would show up, it'd be 12 people, but usually not everybody shows up, so I'm there preaching to six people. And then after, you know, I'm just like, man, maybe, maybe I'm not called to preach. Maybe, maybe, I, you know, just you, you, you start second guessing yourself. And, you know, and that's why, like, it hurts me when I would see the youth. Because, we, you know, we're not there when, when the youth was on Friday. You know, it's going to be on Wednesday now. But um, the cameras are on at the church. So I, I see people coming in. And I'll see our youth leaders after a hard day of work of Armando and, and, and Lorena, and they work hard, and they go in there, and they set the chairs up. I'm watching them, and they're setting the chairs up in the circle, and nobody shows up, you know? And I'm just like, man, I know. I know what that feels like, you know? I know what that feels like, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't... I know Armando and Lorena are a strong couple, but I know that... They second guess and they're like, man, are we even, why are we doing this? Or, and he, I've never talked to him about that, but I, it has to because it makes you second guess. Say, hey, Lord, am I, what, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, and uh, so, man, to see Tony, Michelle, Paleo, Phoenix push, push through it, you know, to see um, the leaders that are at our church, some of them that are just pushing through it, you know, there's times, I mean, Sister Lydia, um, I'm pretty sure she second-guessed herself because this women's group, the five women that, that accomplished... It started out with It was women. a big group. And a matter of fact, I think I remember some conversations where she's like, I don't know, you know, remember? Yeah, because it was a lot of women. And just dwindling first, yeah. and dwindling and dwindling. 
And, and I know what that's like. And you just got to push through it. You got to, that's, that's why you got to, if you are not called, you're not going to make it. Yeah. You have to be convinced. If Noah was not convinced, you think he would have finished that ark? He had to know that he know that he knows because you know what? He built that ark, big old thing, and nobody, they laughed at him. They mocked him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing about ministry is that if you don't know that you know, man, because when you, here's the thing, when God tells you he's going to do something, you better stand on his word and not on, on what you see outside and not how you feel or this and that. If I preached on Sundays only when I felt good, you think I'd be preaching every Sunday? No, it wouldn't happen. Why? Because I'm in the flesh. I'm in the body. I'm in a body that gets tired. It gets sick. It gets exhausted. You know, same thing with you. There's times my wife has woken up and racked in pain, but you would never know when she goes up to worship. Why? Because it's a commitment she made unto the Lord. And we kind of joke sometimes. We kind of joke and we're like, man, if we, one of these days I'm going to, you know, God forbid that something happens to me, they're going to have to roll me on a, on a gurney. You know, and I'll just preach on a gurney. Remember that old meme I had? That, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, guys, I mean, I've had surgeries pastoring this church. Man, I remember when they cut my stomach open. I couldn't, I had to wear um, soft clothes because pants would hurt me because how they cut me down the stomach. I couldn't wear, wear um, uh, slacks. I couldn't wear a belt. I couldn't wear jeans. I, had to, I preached in sweats for a whole year. I would, I would wear black ones so you couldn't tell on camera. And I'd be preaching in sweats because of so much pain, you know, of, of putting a belt on and a buckle or even jeans, especially, you know, and just yeah. you push through it, man. Why? Because I made a commitment unto the Lord. Yeah. And let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And you just got to man up. You just got to man up and do it and, and, and just do what it is that the Lord told you to do and persevere through it. So many times I know I'm not letting you talk so many times I have shown up to church with a sore throat and I can't even speak. And I'm like, I'm going to end up vomiting in front of everybody. And you know what happens? Because faith arises, I start preaching, boom, don't even cough. But it could have been easy to be like, you know what? I can't preach. I'm just going to stay home. I can't talk. If I cough, I'm going to, boom, I go up there, boom, and I start preaching. But you know what? How can faith arise if you don't push through? Yeah. So. It's funny because um, when we were sitting down with the uh, with the pastors from um, Yarrington, um, the wife is such a are they like a, assistant pastors? Because uh, uh, Rick's well, the pastor. Well, yeah, Rick's the pastor, yeah. but I would I would say that they're um, they're leaders. They're mm -hmm. leaders. There. Elders, maybe. Huh? Yeah, they're elders there. But uh, his wife is such a sweet woman, you know, and everything. And and I, you know, like I told her, and I said, you know, I was obedient to the Lord when I when I moved out here because really at first I, I struggled with it guys I struggled with with moving out here you know and if it wasn't for the dream that I had about me moving out here I wouldn't have done it guys um I really it wasn't all about like oh my god I'm in love I'm gonna go out there you know and just that was it I was obedient um when I when I got that U-Haul and I came out here um because I, it was a scary situation for me. It really, really was. But I knew that the Lord wanted me out here. Um, I went through trials. I really did. I went through a lot um, being out here. You know, coming out here, um, it, it, 
it was new for me stepping into a church that was already pretty much established. Um, there was people already, um, you know, here, women, you know, that, that did not accept me at the beginning, um, coming into a new church and it was hard. I, I feel like they did not want me here when I first moved, when I first moved here. Um, and, um, trust me, I felt it. I felt it. I, I crawled under a rock. It took me a few years, um, for me to even feel, um, any type of acceptance or any of that. And I, I went through it guys. I cried alone for, for several years, you know, and it felt, it was a very lonely road for me. And, you know, and, and I tried to tell my husband how I felt, but, um, I think he thought it was maybe me, you know, and he's like, no, it's just you. You're just feeling it. But I, I think that he, he didn't really see it. He didn't understand it at that time. Um, and, you know, I couldn't c come to my family and say like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Because, of course, my family was going to be like, well, that's what you get. You wanted to move out there, you know, and I couldn't go to his family or his mom, you know, because that's his family. And of course, I couldn't, couldn't go to anybody. I didn't have anybody within the church to go to. So this is something that I dealt with by myself and I would just seek the Lord on it and just, you know, but it was a lonely place for me, very, very lonely. And um, it was it just an isolation and a lot of rejection that I felt. And it was hard. It was a really hard place for me to be. Um, and but I'll tell you one thing, the one thing I didn't do, I didn't run. I didn't stop going to church. I went in there every day and I fought my way through. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't stop, guys. Because she understands that her commitment wasn't to anybody but God. Exactly. And everything we do in word and deed, you do it in the name of Jesus. You do it unto the Lord. You know, and that's why Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And and that's what we were talking about today. Because I told him, you know, babe, I said, I could have given up a long time ago. If my commitment was to you, I probably would have given up a long time ago. You know, because for man, my commitment isn't to man. My commitment is unto the Lord. And I would have given up a long, long time ago because I was broken inside a long time ago. You know, I had been broken. And I'll be honest with you guys that when we started doing these devotionals, um, when I have told some of you guys that, that through these devotionals, it has truly strengthened and has, it has truly, you know, saved and and done something for our marriage it really truly has you know and i praise god for that because it has really brought us so much closer it has done so much for us just as well as it has for you guys it has for us too you know because it was for a while that i began to feel so alone and i i began to feel like lord you know i i need more for our marriage i need us to become the way we were i need more lord because i feel like you know i feel like ministry has really taken a toll on our marriage and it had but i was just so thankful when we started doing i'm thankful that i popped my head in 
into that devotional that one day and you guys started to say we're sharing i'm thankful for that guys because that day was the day that i just felt that somebody cared enough to know where i was and you guys wanted to say hello and everything and then i just started to want to be here more and we started to study and we started to do more and here we are guys 600 videos later and you guys are stuck with me as well as I'm stuck with you guys. And you know what? I'm so blessed because I have an expanded family. And I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm just tremendously blessed because I feel like we're on this journey together. We're on our journey to the kingdom together. And I wouldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. yeah. It's good. So, guys, a lot to think about. Yeah. I just realized... I only got five more minutes before my memory's full. Well. So um, I think that's enough was said, you yeah. know, and then you get something out of this. And, um, and um, you know, don't, don't go back to your old stuff. Don't leave the Lord and go back to the world. Don't go back to old habits. Let your yes be yes and no be no. If you're going to serve God, then serve him with everything because he deserves everything. You know why? Because he gave you everything. Yeah. You know, so with that, guys. Bible study tonight at 7 o'clock. Please join us. Um, maybe it will be a Q&A. So start writing questions that you want me to answer. Uh, biblical questions. Biblical questions. And um, we'll see you tonight. All right, guys. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.